Good morning. Welcome everybody in the room here, everybody who's tuning in online there. I know we have some people who are tuning in online because there are there's some viruses going around right now, some colds and stuff. So some of the people who would prefer to be here are at home, including uh, my lovely bride, Michelle. Um, we did we are trying some uh, kind of non-traditional experimental uh, treatments. Um, last night we split uh, family-sized cheese curd from Culver's. Because, um, I mean, who knows? Like, uh, I, I don't, I mean, there's no real scientific reason that that could work, but that is what makes it uh, experimental. So you might as well try it. Um, and uh, I, I also got the mint Oreo custard just in case. And, and I'm feeling better today. So, um, uh, so thank God for that. Um, so my wife, Michelle, she's, she's not uh, extroverted. Um, she's one of those people who, when she sees someone in the grocery store, rather than making eye contact and starting to move toward them to say hello, like a familiar face, she'll see that it is someone she may recognize and then turn away so that she doesn't have to start a conversation in a, in, in a public place. Uh, some of you can relate to that. However, uh, when we, uh, a few weeks ago, had a day of, uh, of fasting and prayer at New Day, one of the things that God put on her heart was to reach out to some new neighbors that we have, and she did that, and she set up a time for us to get together and, and have, uh, have dinner, and that is, um, uh, that's a step that is, is kind of difficult for a lot of us to take. That's part of our culture is a, a difficulty in loving our neighbors enough to cross paths with them in more than just a high, isn't this great weather kind of way. Um, to love our neighbors, it, it can be a challenge. Uh, so when we talk about backyard missions, uh, that's something that our, uh, that New Day has been doing for, for years that intentionally pushes us into our neighborhoods to love people enough to, uh, to, to see where there may be a need in a household that we might help fill, that we might have some time, some skills, some resources that someone else may not have. So if there's some disrepair on their home or there's some maintenance that could happen in their, uh, in their landscaping, something that could really help somebody on a daily basis after those improvements are done to look at the improvements and thank God that someone cared loving. So that's what we do. We love enough to see where there's a need, and then we have somebody uh, start a conversation with that person. We have um, people who are particularly warm and good at that who will knock on someone's door, literally knock on their door, and say, hey, our church is doing some service projects, and um, you could help us out if there's some way that we could um, that, that we could do a, a project uh, around uh, around your home uh, or in your yard 
We'd love to talk to you about that. And um, so it's loving, it's listening. And if anybody is familiar with kind of four steps that we talk about in, uh, in, in, in how to bring the good news of Christ to people, it's loving, it's listening, and then discerning. Um, love, listen, and then discern. Is there an opportunity here? Is there a, uh, uh, an openness to a to potentially a spiritual conversation or maybe to pray with someone? So as we put together teams who then serve in different households, um, it's not about the project. It's about the people. It's about the relationships. It's about um, coming to that household in, in the morning and praying together before starting the work. It's about working in that household and then having lunch together. We bring bagged lunches and we bring a lunch for the, the person or the people that we're serving so we can sit down and share a meal together, discerning and then responding. Where there's an openness, letting people know God loves you. That's why we're doing this. And we believe that loving God is about walking in obedience with Jesus. And Jesus said to love God and love your neighbor. So I'm wearing my, um, yeah, my Backyard Missions t-shirt here. The church has left the building. There are some people who are not going to walk into a church building. They're not going to attend a church event, but the church is more than a building and it's more than an event, right? It's the gathered disciples of Jesus. So some people need the church to go to them. So that's what Backyard Missions is about. It's coming up July 26th through 29th. Go online, register as a volunteer. I registered last week and I got a t-shirt. So um, you can do that. If you're unable to participate for one reason or another, unable to serve and still would want to uh, contribute to what's happening. Some of the projects that we do require some finances, and we've got extra t-shirts. So if you say, I would love to have a t-shirt, this is a good conversation starter out in the community. Um, we're, we're just, a uh, suggested donation on the, on the t-shirt is $15. And um, you, can, uh, you can come and, uh, like, how, how would they do that? Yeah, so Christy here um, is the t-shirt master. So if you would like to get a, a t-shirt, she'd be the person to talk to. If you're there online, maybe um, send a message. Make sure that Rachel knows, Rachel, who's moderating the chat right now, and, uh, and, and we can work something out. We're also looking for donations of water and sports drinks to help support our teams, um, not food. Uh, so if you want to bring those by any Sunday morning up until uh, Sunday, July 23rd would be the last Sunday that we can receive those. So uh, in the chat, we have a link to uh, where you can sign up for Backyard Missions. It's at newdaywi.com. So we've got that coming up this month, and we're excited to see what God do, does as we walk in obedience to love our neighbor. With that in mind, let's pray. God, thank you for a beautiful day. Uh, thank you for your instructions that lead us into a, a life that, that honors you. And, and we know, God, that as we honor you, we're entering into the, the best life 
possible that you have for us. I pray, God, that you'd put in us the love of Jesus for our neighbors, that we'd have a compassion, that we'd want to see them live the full life that Jesus has to offer. Give us the love, the compassion, and the courage to be a light for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we're doing in Backyard Missions is we're acknowledging that God has given us more than we need and we can let those blessings spill out. And when we let those blessings overflow, we see them multiply. So people who have been involved in Backyard Missions know that the time and the resources that we invest in improving someone's home, it's not primarily about the project, it's about the people. Jesus had some things to say about this. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse, verse 14, he said to his disciples, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So disciples of Jesus are given this opportunity to do good deeds that then will generate praise for God. At the same time, we have to be careful to avoid the trap of doing good deeds for other motivations. Later in the same teaching from Jesus, he says in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1, he says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly. It seems like that's a complete contradiction to what he had just said. What's important, though, is the motivation. He said, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they'll ever get. So it's tempting to justify ourselves in our own minds and to other people and even to God by making a list of the good things we've done. But look, God, look what I've done. Or to other people. Look, I'm a good person. Let me tell you the ways that I've been generous. Look at me and look at what I've done. It is wise to keep an account of how we're using our resources and then even to celebrate it as long as the goal is to glorify God, not to justify ourselves. When we give God the glory and when we humble ourselves, we discover that his blessings multiply beyond the gift or the act itself. So we've been in this series where we're looking at this church in Antioch, a church that was uh, set free from the expectations that, uh, that only people who were already Jewish could then become disciples of Jesus. They broke free of those expectations. They had this growing church of Gentiles, non-Jewish people. 
And as we continue in this series, we see that they were freed to let God's blessings overflow beyond their congregation. So in Acts chapter 11, verse 27, it says, During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. Now, a prophet at this time would be somebody who would travel from place to place bringing a message or some, some insight from God from place to place. They didn't have authority in that place. They couldn't tell them what to do or, or make decisions. They brought a message. Verse 28, one of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. Luke the, the writer of the book of Acts adds this detail. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. And that detail helps give us some timeline here. The historian Josephus records, and that's, this isn't in, in, in the Bible, this is a, uh, an outside historian from the first century, uh, records that a, a severe famine that affected Jerusalem happened in A.D. 46 which is within the reign of Claudius. So even though we're just in the 11th chapter of the book of Acts, it seems likely that we're about 13 years past the death and resurrection of Jesus. Time has passed. So we understand that Luke, as he's writing this, and he's basing his writings off of not only his own experience, but also research that he did and also the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We see he's hitting high points. This isn't an exhaustive history of the first century church. So there was an actual famine. And the disciples at Antioch responded by being generous. Acts chapter 11, continuing in verse 29. So the believers, and if you have a, a Bible that has footnotes and it, the New Living Translation says believers, but really the Greek is disciples, and I want us to kind of recapture that understanding because sometimes we hear believers and we think someone who acknowledges intellectually versus a disciple is someone who walks obediently. So in the text... These are people walking in obedience to Christ. So the believers or disciples in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. At New Day, we know some things about drought from our partnership with Lifeway Missions in Kenya. A lot of people gave generously in order to send drought relief over the last two years. You entrusted your gifts to Jacqueline and me when we traveled back in December. And I want to share with you a few pictures and stories, not so that we can pat ourselves on the back and justify ourselves, so that we can celebrate the connection between disciples around the world. That like the church in Antioch, it's not just about our congregation. There is a church with a capital C that goes beyond cultures, languages, boundaries that unites us. 
that it's bigger than our four walls or our little community. And then we can praise God for all that he's doing across the church. So when God gave us more than we needed, we invested in new relationships with disciple-making movements in northern Kenya, expecting God's blessings to multiply. And um, just to give you an idea of, uh, of, of where we were, there's the, the continent of Africa, and you can see in East Africa, there's Kenya, and you can see there's kind of a tan uh, part there. That's a more uh, desert-type area, and, uh, and, and they had been in the midst of a, a drought. The drought still hasn't completely lifted, although they have had some relief, some rain. When we were there, our, our first trip in 2021, Dr. Isla, our host, said, if we don't get rain soon, the plants will die. And after the plants die, the animals will die. And after the animals die, the people will die. By the time we returned in December of 2022, they'd gone another year without significant rain, and many of the animals uh, had died. In Wisconsin, we see deer carcasses on the side of the road after they're killed by a car. When we were in Marsabit, our, uh, our center of activity in northern Kenya, we would see carcasses of cattle along the side of the road, not because they were hit, because they just fell over dead. Um, we, we took some pictures of some of the livestock that was alive that we saw. Um, and, and, I mean, bones uh, clearly visible uh, sticking out from these, uh, from these cows. I don't know if you can see from there. You can tell, but, I mean, the rib cages... Um, even a camel, you can see its rib cage, and, uh, and, and when you get a, a better version of this picture, it really is. It's skin and bones, and when you see a camel, that skin and bones, you know things are really bad. So after our trip there last year, New Day agreed to partner with uh, Lifeway Missions International in praying for and supporting the disciple-making movement among the Samburu and Rendile tribes in northern Kenya. And even though we're a small church, you mobilized $6,000 in drought relief, which was more than anybody had expected would happen. When God gives us more than we need, and we generously share that, we see his blessings multiply, and, and that's what we saw. So when our team traveled from Wisconsin to seven different villages there, we saw people who were gathering around God's word together in order to obey King Jesus, and we brought uh, food, just some simple corn flour and oil that they're able to sustain the life of the people in these remote villages. Now, our first connection with people was um, about 20 disciple makers from around the region had come together in their leadership center because we were there. So they would walk or bring motorbikes uh, for miles and miles in order to meet us, in order to give us a chance to get to know them 
because over the course of the next two days, we would visit seven different villages where they were making disciples. We split into smaller groups to do Discovery Bible studies together. So here's a, a group that welcomed Jacqueline. Uh, and then here's the, the group that welcomed me. So we opened scripture together. We read a passage and we asked the simple questions. What does this teach us about God? What does it teach us about people? What are we willing to do in obedience to this? And who are we willing to share it with? The big surprise to these 20 leaders who came together was because of the, the generosity coming out of Wisconsin, there was more than we needed. So we were able to bring food that we could send home with them. They didn't expect it at all. So there's this kind of this mountain of food that we were able to divide between them so that they could uh, bring it home to their families and to their villages. And, and they were so uh, excited. Some of them were in, in tears about what that would mean for when they came home uh, and were able to say, let's share this, uh, this blessing together. When we read through Acts, we see that the disciples of Antioch realized they, they weren't an island unto themselves. Now, they weren't thinking about the things that divided them from the church in Jerusalem. And, and there were things that divided them. Different cultures, different languages, hundreds of miles separating them. Thousands of people who had never met each other understood they were part of a family, brothers and sisters. They didn't limit their thinking to their congregation or their community. It was their joy to help when trouble came. So they set aside a portion of the drought relief, uh, your donations, and provided it to the leaders who were going back. We visited a village, uh, when, and we've got a picture of the congregation there. They followed this same example. We brought uh, we, we, when we would travel, there was a truck that carried the drought relief, the flour and the oil. This congregation, uh, the, the pastor who you see standing here, felt a burden on his heart for a, uh, a, a tribe that was miles and miles away, that uh, was unreached by the gospel. And people actually talk negatively about that particular tribe. Something has happened historically where they're kind of on the outside, yet he felt like he needed to, to travel there and to share with them. And this congregation, when they received the relief that came from your generosity, took a portion of that relief to travel. The only way to get there is, is by bus to travel by bus with this relief, with some food for that tribe in order to multiply the blessing. So your gift came to this village and this village then is bringing it to the next village so that more people will worship the Lord. It was awesome to, to see and to experience that multiplication. When God gives us more than we need, we have an opportunity to multiply his blessings. In this picture, our friend Jose was uh, explaining to this, this congregation who was meeting under a tree that 
we together are a part of something bigger. He had Jacqueline hold his arm up and Jose hold, held his arm up and he asked the people, can you tell that, that we're uh, brother and sister? And, and of course, you know, the, the people, especially the kids are like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Well, how do you know? And they said, well, because she has light skin and you have brown skin. And it gave him an opportunity to then explain that we are brother and sister, even though our skin is different colors, because when we die to our old lives, when we start a new life in Christ, we're adopted into the family of a heavenly father. We have the same heavenly father. Someday we'll be together with him and with each other. Every tribe, every language, every ethnicity for eternity. I've got a close-up of their arms here. I don't think Jacqueline would mind me pointing out. Um, if she did, I would never know it because uh, she's homesick as well. Uh, family size fried cheese curds, Jacqueline, is what I, <laughs> is what I recommend. It's experimental still, uh, but it's worth a, a shot. I don't think she'd mind me pointing out that she has a fairly prominent tattoo on the arm that she's holding up next to Jose's arm. And some people, when they see this picture, they ask, so these people that you're, that you're visiting, like, what did they think about Jacqueline's big old tattoo? They didn't have anything to say about it. It was no problem at all. Uh, and we wondered as well, so we asked our hosts, uh, Jose and, and Galgalo, when we were in the truck together, we said, what do people in general think about tattoos in Kenya? And he said, yeah, in, uh, in, in kind of these remote tribal areas, it's no problem. And in fact, you meet some of the tribal people, and there's all kinds of piercings and markings and, uh, that, that, that go on. So it's really, it, it's not a big deal. He said, but around Nairobi in southern Kenya, where there are a lot more um, legacy churches that look up more like what we're used to, people get dressed up to go to a building and to, and to hear from, from a pastor. He said, uh, those people if they saw your tattoo, would assume that you're not saved. Uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of sad what religion can do. I see some people looking around and kind of chuckling as I'm like, okay, tattoo, tattoo, tattoo. What we're going to see next week is that uh, after aid came from these Gentile believers in Antioch from the north to the Jewish believers in the south. They sent aid when the church in Jerusalem needed it during this famine. After that aid was sent, people came from Jerusalem, religious people came from Jerusalem to Antioch to tell the Gentile believers in Antioch, that they're not saved. We're going to take a closer look at that next week. For now, let's celebrate how God multiplied his blessings among first century congregations and how he continues to do that around the world 
today, whether it's reaching across the street in backyard missions or across the world in providing relief for people who are suffering from the drought in Kenya and then learning from them, how are you loving your neighbor? What does it look like to have spiritual conversations, to start Bible studies with people who don't know Jesus? How can we learn from you and see that kind of movement of God here? We're part of something bigger. Right now we're going to practice that rad pattern, R-A-D, of reflection, application, and discussion. We're going to give you a few minutes to just quietly, right where you are, reflect on what is God teaching you today? What is God teaching you about generosity right now? What are you willing to do about it? And who will you share it with? I encourage you during this about four minutes of just quiet reflection as you're considering, God, what are you teaching me? And what am I willing to do about it? I encourage you to write it down. Because the next thing that we're going to do is discuss that. So if you're participating in the live stream, I hope that you have other people in the room with you where you can be part of that discussion. And I encourage you to uh, say something in the chat so that we can hear and make that part of the discussion that happens in this room. And for people who are in this room, uh, we're sitting at tables so that we can practice having spiritual discussions because there aren't enough stages, there aren't enough uh, seminary-trained pastors to fill those stages in Marathon County to reach into the 70,000 people who are not connected to any church. What there are is tables, plenty, plenty of tables in homes, in workplaces, in schools, in restaurants, and there are enough disciples of Jesus if we would just practice contacting that neighbor. Let's get around a table. Let me listen to your story. Let me get to know you. Let me discern whether or not there's an openness and respond as God leads. So take time now to practice that kind of spiritual discussion after you've taken a few minutes to reflect. So we're going to give you those few minutes now to quietly reflect, and then we'll come back together to discuss.
All right. During that time, I had a couple of uh, couple of names and faces come to my mind, and uh, uh, people who I feel like God wants me to to get in contact with, um, uh, who are outside of the outside the walls of uh, of this church, outside of this congregation. One who's a part of another church, and and one who um, I don't think is connected anywhere right now. But in high school, we were a part of a Bible study together. Uh, and, and I have the opportunity uh, to, yeah, I, I can message him and um, not immediately propose the Bible study necessarily to, uh, to sit down and to listen. What, what have you been doing for the last, and when did I graduate? Couldn't be more than 10 years ago, right? No. Uh, what have you been doing um, to listen? So we're going to take some time to discuss. What about you? What do you feel like God is teaching you today? And I encourage you to resist starting a, a, a phrase with something like, I liked when he said, and, and instead frame a statement this way, I feel like God is teaching me. Really let God make this personal to you and share what you're willing to do in response to his teaching. That's the life of discipleship, the life of hearing and obeying and finding the blessings that happen when we walk in obedience, uh, the opportunities we have to be a light to the world. So we're going to give you a few minutes now to have that discussion together uh, and then to go out and do that. So, do that.